Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate, and I am not with my pod pal, Phil. I am alone. Um, coming out here from Los Angeles. Gonna give you guys this podcast by myself. Been a little hard to coordinate with my co-potter, as he's still on the East Coast. So, we're just gonna talk about this one, just me, with you guys. Um, so today, what I want to focus on is what I think most people um, believe has probably been the game of the year thus far in the NBA and that was the Christmas Day showdown that everybody was waiting for that everybody had circled on the calendars and that is Clippers Lakers. Now we obviously saw these teams show um saw these teams face off in the first game of the year. That was a game that the Clippers won. Um Paul George was not playing so we didn't get the whole look of the Clippers team, but I think we all knew that by this time, both teams have a better feel for each other, especially the Lakers, who are dealing with such a new nucleus with LeBron kind of just being the only steady point from last season. Uh, They still have Rondo, but really besides that, it's a whole new cast of characters um, trying to work Anthony Davis to the mix, trying to work some of their role players, uh, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, um, even guys like Dwight Howard. Uh, Kuzma also didn't play in that first game, so this game had more of a full look at these teams. Um, both teams were pretty much had their full rosters, I believe, um, going full tilt in this one. And I think there's a lot to unpack in this game. Now, before I start giving some of my takes from this matchup, I want to preface it by saying that I'm in no way saying that this game is particularly influential on what's going to happen on playoff time. Um that's a long way from now. This is a December game. These teams most likely will not match up again until what most people assume and what I believe will be the Western Conference Finals, um, which probably won't take place for another five months. So this game, while I think there are things to take away, while there are kind of interesting tidbits and player performances that are, I'm going to have a fun time kind of unpacking uh it does not change my viewpoint on either of these teams. I picked the Clippers to win the NBA title before the year. I still think the Clippers are going to win the NBA title. Um, if the Clippers lost this game, I still think they'd win the NBA title. Um, and I think the Lakers are a really good team. I thought from the beginning of the year, the the West was Clippers-Lakers and everybody else. Um, and how the East was Bucks sixers and everybody else. The Sixers haven't been playing up to par. I still think that they're going to be right there with the Bucks at the end. And just because the Lakers lose this game, I still think they're going to be right there with the Clippers at the end. So, um, you know, through all of my years of watching NBA basketball, I think it's important, and I think we've all learned, to take regular season games um, maybe with a pebble of salt, not really a grain of salt, because these are real games. They are trying hard, but a lot can change from now until playoff time. So with that being said, let's get right into the game. So... My biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway from this game is Kawhi Leonard. I think that Kawhi Leonard was the player that I kind of want to rewatch this game, honestly, and maybe at some point I will before they uh, match up again. Um, Kawhi Leonard, I think it is clear, believes that he is the best player in the league. Now, I've thought he's the best player in the league since last year, and this is no slight to LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater. I think LeBron is the second best player of all time. But at this point in their career, I would rather have Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I think Kawhi Leonard thinks that everybody should think that they'd rather have Kawhi Leonard. Um, 
LeBron got off to one of the slowest starts I've seen him um, get off to. It was a really weird game for LeBron. He didn't play horribly because he made some big-time shots at the end of the game. Um, There was a stretch where the Lakers really weren't getting anything on offense. Um, The Clippers handily won the second half, outscoring them by 17 points in the second half. Um, And LeBron was kind of the only guy who was initiating offense. Uh, Now, could they have probably gone into Davis a little more? Probably. But that's a a different story. In terms of LeBron, though, it's just weird to see this box score. I'm looking at it right now. LeBron's taking 24 shots. He's take, he took 12 threes. I can't remember the last time I saw Le- LeBron James, where half a LeBron James game, where half of the shots come from beyond the arc. Obviously, players are taking more threes every year, but um, LeBron's all, I mean, his bread and butter is always getting to the rim, creating for other guys. He's a much improved three point shooter, much improved, and I think he's capable of making those shots. And two for 12 is not the kind of shooter LeBron is. He missed some shots that I expect LeBron to make, and I think he will make going forward. But I've always thought LeBron was kind of a confidence shooter. Um, he's not like one of those natural shooters where he came into the league, and you kind of just, even though his percentages when he came in weren't that great, you knew he had that stroke. He wasn't really that kind of guy. Kevin Durant was kind of that guy, where even though I know, I think his first le- uh, year in the league, he shot, I think, below 30% from three-point range. And you knew Kevin Durant was that kind of shooter. He was a fluid shooter we saw in college. LeBron's not really a fluid shooter like Kevin Durant. He's just a much improved shooter because he's a hard worker. And I think he's known that he needs to be a three-point shooter, especially as he gets later in his career. And he's become a pretty um, serviceable three-point shooter. He's not going to be lights out, but we've all seen games where LeBron has really done some damage from behind the arc. But... In the beginning of the game, I think LeBron started this game 0 for 7 from the field, and that's just kind of crazy to see. I mean, you always expect LeBron to get a few easy looks at the rim um, 0 for 7. I, I don't even know if that's... I think they said on the broadcast that it was his second worst start in a game of all time. I think one other game he was 0 for 8 to start the game, but that was pretty crazy to see. And I was watching with um, my brothers, and we were talking about... And they were saying how this is a kind of a bad sign for the Clippers that the Lakers were leading um, despite LeBron's bad start. And I honestly didn't see it that way. And I understand why people would see it that way. But I didn't see it that way because um, the way that the the Lakers really got off to that start um, the beginning was they they had a lot of big-time shooting from some of their role players. Um, Kyle Kuzma in particular, I think he scored... Something crazy like, I don't know, like, between, it was like 15, 17, 19, something between 15 and 19 points in the first quarter, I think. Um, and that's great. You know, you want your role players to make shots and they have open shots. But I knew that this game was going to come down to the stars making plays. And that's where I loop back to Kawhi Leonard. Um, he wanted the ball at the end of the game, and he consistently delivered um, final stat line, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 turnovers, which I think is pretty good um, based on his usage, which um, I don't have the number in front of me, but was pretty high compared to Kawhi Leonard games. Usually Kawhi kind of does his damage a little um, more subtly. He picks his spots more so, but he really took control of the ball, especially towards the end of the game. 8-for-8 um, eight eight free throws, uh, 
you know, Kawhi is always going to deliver with the free throws. And 5 for 7 from three-point range, 11 for 19 from the field overall. So Kawhi Leonard, he plays super efficiently. And he is a guy who I think always has confidence in his shot, especially now. The way that his shot has really improved, the way his handles improved, he's really a guy that has supreme confidence in his abilities. And by the end of the game, it was just clear that he didn't think a single player on the Lakers could guard him. They were throwing everybody they could at him. Anthony Davis was switching. I remember one play, um, they, they switched Anthony Davis on him. He did this little in-and-out cross, um, I think behind the back, step back, something really impressive for a three-pointer. And... That's kind of when you when Kawhi's gonna make that shot, and when any player makes that shot. Um, while they switch Anthony Davis on you, which is a long defender, one of their better defenders, one of the better defenders in the league, um, and you have comments that you're gonna make that shot, you're gonna have comments that you can beat any other player on the team. Um, we know that LeBron isn't the defender that he used to be, so I don't think he strikes the same kind of fear. I just think Kawhi Leonard, when he walks onto the floor, especially against his Lakers team, which I think most people would agree, is the team that's going to be in the Clippers' way at the end of the year. And the Clippers are uh, the team in uh, the way of the Lakers in, at the end of the year. These teams are going to be butting heads. It, they're going to be constantly compared to each other all year. Um, Kawhi does not see a player on the opposing team, on the, on the Lakers, that he thinks can stop him. Um, and that was my biggest takeaway. Paul George did not have the game that you think that they would need from him to win. Um... I think Paul George played a little better than his stat line says because defensively he was um, very switchable. Um, they, he, got, he got onto a lot of tough matchups, especially at the end of the game. Got um, sw- switched on to Anthony Davis. And the fact that they could switch Paul George onto Anthony Davis and the Lakers not being fully confident and just going straight to AD for a mismatch post-up, um, I think that's telling about what teams think about Paul George's defensive abilities. Uh, he's not your typical wing two three guy. He is a guy who can really switch all over the floor. Um, great footwork, great hands. Um, just a guy that I think Doc Rivers and the Clippers coaching staff is comfortable. He, I mean, you can play Kawhi, Paul George, and then a small five, um, Montrez Harrell, and be confident in your switchability, which is a huge plus when you have that on the floor. Um, his shooting wasn't good, and that's why I don't think he st- he still didn't have a good game because the Clippers they pull away at the end, but a lot of it was Kawhi doing crazy Kawhi things. Um, Montrezl Harrell had a pretty nice game, making some tough shots down low, and um, Pat Bev was just making winning plays all over the floor. Whether it be huge rebounds, I mean huge rebounds, um, you know, rebounding I think is sometimes an overrated stat because some rebounds aren't always as. Um, you know, impressive or as valuable as others, but Beverly was making big-time rebounds, Um, especially for a team like the Clippers. That's going to be a weakness, especially um, against the Lakers. I think that's another reason that they fell behind early. They were the physically weaker team out of the two uh, in the first half. They were getting bullied around underneath. Um, Dwight Howard, uh, he only played 12 minutes, but when he was in... He was getting every board that came his way. He played 12 minutes, got nine rebounds. Um, they're, they're a team that they're a little slight in the interior. Montrezl Harrell's a super tough player. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league, but he's just not that big of a guy. Um, he, I mean, he's super 
you know, broad and very tough, but because this is a six seven, and they're playing him at center, uh, so that's gonna cause, you know, some instances where you you need guys like Pat Beverly to to rise up and get some of those big time rebounds, and he did. And there were rebounds where you just look at the screen like, wow, that was a big rebound. You know, when you notice a rebound, that's when you know it was a big rebound. So Pat Beverly making really winning plays. Um, but, yeah, so Paul George, 1 for 6 from 3, 5 for 18 from the field. And he had shots that he's made before. I mean, Paul, jo- Paul George is a tough shot maker. We've seen it over the years. One of the most impressive um, in, uh, perimeter scorers I think we have in this league. And uh, he had good looks from outside uh, the arc. He had good looks in transition. They just weren't falling for him. Um, he wasn't making the same impact. And yeah, so Kawhi Leonard had to step up, and Kawhi Leonard did. Um, so that's one to take away. Like Kawhi Leonard, I think, no matter how his other teammates are are playing, no matter who is thrown on him, he thinks he is the best player, not only between these two teams. I think he thinks he's the best player in the NBA. Um, I do too. Uh, again, no dis- disrespect to LeBron. I just think that in these, t- at this point in their career, Kawhi Leonard is the guy right now. Uh, he's the Finals MVP. Uh, two big time matchups against the Lakers. He's come through, and I know he doesn't always have great games. Uh, he had a clunker a few nights ago against the Jazz. But I, if if I had if I had a, a basketball game tomorrow and I had to pick one player on this earth to start my team with, I'd I, to win the game. I th- I'd pick Kawhi Leonard. I think he does everything on the floor that you need him to do such an improved player, such an improved ball handler, shooter. Um, but I want to pivot to the Lakers for a second. Um, my biggest takeaway Lakers-wise, <clears throat> I think that the Lakers need to adjust their game plan somehow. They are too reliant on one of two things. They're way too reliant on the, the, um, the three-point shooting of some of their role players that aren't exactly lights at three-point shooters. Um, and I get it. You need role players to make shots. That's just oh, the way you have to win NBA title. You can never win it with just stars. You're going to need role players to make shots. And the Clippers had some role players make shots, Montrez Harrell um, namely. But the Lakers, there's too much going on around the paint, around the perimeter, swinging the ball. There's not enough movement towards the rim with which it, with um, a player that I think we all um, would agree might be their biggest mismatch, and that's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis needs... He, he needs more um, offense run through him. And that doesn't mean just throwing it to, the, to him on the block and just having him do it uh, just just going one on one because that's <clears throat> that's like not a very efficient way to run your offense no matter how talented your players. And that's the other way that they get a lot of offense. So they're either doing a lot of perimeter movement, um LeBron kind of uh holding the ball a lot and feeding to his outside guys and players like Kuzma, Avery Bradley, Danny Green um shooting long-range shots. Rondo took five threes. I mean, I don't know why Rondo's taking five threes. I know he's a much better free-point shooter than he used to be, and he's shooting a crazy percentage, but that's just not probably a good winning formula. So that's one way. And then you're also just feeding it to Anthony Davis and saying, go score. And that works sometimes. Anthony Davis is 
an elite player in the, in this league. But I think there needs to be more creativity. Look at the way that the Warriors have played, not this year, obviously, but the last few years with um, Kevin Durant. Um, now, I know this Lakers team probably isn't as talented as that Warriors team. They're not. But there are some similarities in the fact that they had Kevin Durant was their biggest mismatch. There was nobody that could guard him in the league. Um, obviously, he's hurt right now. But I think when healthy, Kevin Durant is probably the most unguardable player I've seen in basketball. Um, and they had, obviously, a lot of talent around him. Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and a very cohesive uh, unit of role players. Um, more cohesive in the earlier years. Last year got a little shady with the role players, but uh, I digress. So it, it would have been easy for the Warriors to just, as their offense, throw it to Kevin Durant on the block, throw it to, the, to him on the elbow, and say, go score. And that's going to work sometimes um, because he just is that good of a player. But they got they were so much more creative with their offense, so much more off ball movement, so much more pin down screens, um, getting him in screen and rolls, getting him in positions where he can catch and shoot off of a curry screen and roll. Just they're not just giving him the ball and telling him to score. And I think and when the Warriors struggled honestly is I think when they did that. I think back to the twenty eighteen Western Conference Finals against Houston. I was seeing way too much of that, and it just wasn't working because, yeah, you're going to score sometimes because these players are so good, and there might be nights where that's going to win you a game, but that's just not a good, sustainable method of success. So I think Frank, and I, I don't think Frank Vogel's done a bad job with this team. Um, the 24-7, and seven, you can't complain, but um, what, I think that the Lakers need to be more creative with what they're doing with Anthony Davis. Um, first of all, he needs to be floating around the perimeter less. Um, it seems like when he's not just getting the ball on the block, it doesn't really. There, there's not a, a purpose for him. There should always be a purpose for Anthony Davis on the floor. He needs to be your focal point. Um, he needs to be in some kind of screen and roll capacity. I think back to the series that I've seen Anthony Davis be the most dominant, um, and that's when the Pelicans swept the Blazers as the sixth seed. In I believe it was the 2017 NBA playoffs. I believe 2017 NBA playoffs. And the first round. And that was just Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, pick and roll. Just, you know what we're doing, but you can't stop it. Um, I don't know who's going to be their, their primary pick and roll guy. Um, LeBron, I think people kind of assumed LeBron would be that guy before the year. But he's really not. He, he was, LeBron's never really been a huge pick and roll player. Um, he doesn't really have that pick and roll game that some of these other point guards have. He can play pick and roll, obviously, because he's he's a great player, and I'm sure he could figure it out. But I don't think that's what he's most comfortable doing. So I wasn't really that surprised to see them not be pick and roll heavy. Um, but they have to figure something out where he's getting the ball in space and he can make plays and not just on the perimeter. I'd like to see him work more in that wing area, off the catch, some kind of pick and pop. Maybe he gets a down screen from the block and he gets the ball on the elbow and now it's a quick move. It's a jumper or it's two dribbles and a pull-up or it's a one dribble drop. Some I need to see more creativity when it comes to Anthony Davis. That's what I want to see with the Lakers um, because I just think his efficiency should be higher, especially in these games against the Clippers. 
because these are the games that are going to matter. Um, as I said, the, the Clippers, they are not they're, – they're weakness. I think they're a greatly constructed team, but pretty much every team is going to have some kind of weakness, and their weakness is on the interior. They are not strong physically on the interior. They played Montrezl Harrell a lot, who's six foot seven. They switch a lot. You'll have guys like Paul George, as who I said is a really, really good defender. But, I mean, he's slender when you compare it to Anthony Davis. So there needs to be more creativity with Anthony Davis, not just throwing him the ball and saying, go score. Because I already said it's not a sustainable method of success because it's not that efficient, because it's just there's just better ways to get player shots, as we've seen with Kevin Durant with the Warriors. Um, but it's also kind of physically taxing. It's hard. I think anybody who's played basketball knows it's hard when you're when every time you go down the court, you know you're gonna have to work for your shot. Either if you're a perimeter player, you need to go one on one, need to get to the rim, um, or if you're an interior player, and every possession you have to bang down low. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. It I think can take away from your other parts, other parts of your game, and also causes you to settle because when you're doing those things on the court every single time down you're just gonna you're gonna get tired you're gonna settle for some bad shots and there's no reason that anthony davis should be getting low efficiency shots he should be getting high high percentage shots especially against the clippers that is a team that the lakers clearly have an advantage against um so that's my biggest takeaway for the lakers um i could talk more about lebron and his performance um but I don't want to. I I don't want to go too heavy into LeBron right now. Honestly, um, it wasn't a great game for LeBron. He, as I said, took a lot of threes, didn't make a lot of them, and he honestly just didn't. He didn't really look hundred percent. I know he was dealing with a groin injury, and he kind of re-injured it on that Patrick Beverly play, which was kind of weird. But whatever. <laughs> that that's neither here nor there. Um. But listen, LeBron's proven to me so much. Um, in my time as a basketball viewer, that I'm not really gonna count him out. I, 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 I believe in LeBron to come through when the chips are down. Um, he didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. Uh, as I said, it wasn't terrible because he he did make some timely plays, but it wasn't a good game from LeBron. And I could dissect that, but like LeBron's played in so many big games in his career. I mean, three NBA titles, countless playoff series where he just comes through, puts his team on his back. I know he's getting up there in age, but I don't want to harp on a, Le- a LeBron James December game. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather talk about, um, I think, more kind of team-oriented things that I think are bigger takeaways and are easier to kind of or, – or more valuable in actually unpacking. Like the mindset of Kawhi Leonard, which I think is actually very real. I think Kawhi Leonard does believe he's the best player in the league, and I've heard that – um, just through multiple readings I've done online, on Twitter, about how Kawhi Leonard kind of takes this this whole um, LA thing personally and this LeBron thing personally. I think that's probably some of the reason that he went to the Clippers. Um, you know, Kawhi could have gone to the Lakers. That was that was the biggest rumor. I think it wasn't that long ago where everybody was expecting Kawhi to sign with the Lakers. The Lakers were going to have this crazy super team that I think would even be better than the Warriors super team. I mean, could we imagine the league right now if it was Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and LeBron? It would be an automatic title. It would be an automatic title. But he didn't want to do that. He thought that he was the best player in the league and that he should be proving that. Um, I'm not saying that was the only factor in him joining the Clippers. Maybe 
Um, if other things happen, you go join the Lakers. But I think that's part of it. Um, and I think it's showing itself in these games. And listen, I love it as a viewer. I love the competition between these two teams. I think there's some legitimate bad blood. I mean, in that last play where Patrick Beverly um, deflects the ball off LeBron's hands to clinch the win. Um, you, I mean, you can't tell me LeBron didn't want to rip Patrick Beverly's head off from that play. Um, that was really really interesting to watch but um yeah this game lived up to its billing it was probably the most fun i had watched an nba game this year um i knew the clippers were going to make a run at the end i just did um i i I wasn't sure they were going to win the game because they did get off to a shaky start and i you know if the lakers make a few more threes at the end and the clippers you know Missed a couple shots. They had a couple calls go their way, but this was a kite game at the end. I think it was, you know, up in the air. The Lakers did blow their lead, and I think that they could have done things to kind of give themselves a higher efficiency level of shots. Um, I, I, I don't think they went to Anthony Davis enough. I don't think they went to him in the right capacity. He took six threes out of 17 shots. That's too many threes out of 17 shots. It is. I mean, Anthony Davis needs to be getting better looks. He needs to be getting better looks. He should be getting looks in the mid-range area, which I know he's so comfortable operating in. I love watching Anthony operate in the mid-range, um, even just between the foul line and the rim, those floaters. Um, he's a really skilled player, but uh, along with being a physically dominant player, he's a really skilled player. And I, The Lakers need to find a way to take advantage of that. They need to find a way to take advantage of Anthony Davis' skill set because he is the mismatch that they have. Um, so yeah, guys, that's my takeaway for... Clippers Lakers. Um, it was a lot of fun. I liked this. I liked watching this game again. I want to watch it again. Um, it got me really excited for what I think will be the Western Conference Finals. Um, let me see when they play again. Um, I th- they they pl- they meet. They beat two more times. January twenty eighth will be the next. Um, so yeah, we'll be waiting for that. That's in right around a month. And until then, we'll just see how these two teams progress. Um, the Clippers, the Clippers got to work on their standings because they they don't they don't want to play the Lakers in the second round. I mean, the, 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 these teams will probably have to face each other regardless. But um, the Clippers need to win some of these games that they're losing. They're twenty three and ten right now. Um, I think that they should be playing taking the regular season a little bit more seriously. Um, I know they like to load manage, but. Hey, that's just my two cents. Um, anyway, a lot of fun, and um, I'm looking forward to watching the the NBA until these two teams face off again, where I'll be fully engaged again. Not to say I'm not engaged with the rest of the NBA, but I do think that this is the series. Every year, there's kind of a series. Most times, it's an NBA Finals. Sometimes, it's a Conference Finals, though, and you just kind of, that's in the back of your mind always. That's like the big picture series. For a while, it was Rockets Warriors, just the two teams that, you know, it's not the NBA Finals, but it is the NBA Finals, and I think this is that team. No disrespect to the Bucks, but um, because the Bucks are playing an elite level, but I think this is a series everybody's got their eyes on. I just can't wait. Um, yeah, so that'll be that for uh, this week's pod. As always, if you like our content, follow us on Twitter at HoopScoopPod. Um, feel free to listen to our content on any platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Anchor app, whatever fits you guys best. And I'll see you guys next week for another scoop of the hoop.